Welcome. Welcome back to my podcast, 24's podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Pretty much where you can find any podcast, you can find 24's podcast. Recording this very, very early on in the morning. It's like 2.33 right now. I want to make a video. I'm not going to sleep. I'm probably going to stay up for the rest of the day. Watching some Cowboys versus Jets. This is, I, I'm a little bit behind. Haven't really watched it the two to three times total, you know, including the Sunday viewing. So I'm kind of trying to catch up right now. Sunday night football, football, Philadelphia versus Cowboys. I'm going to talk about that. Thursday night football, Patriots, or not Patriots, Patrick Mahomes versus the Denver Broncos. Everybody's freaking selling their sock on Patrick Mahomes and trading in for what a surprise. Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback. All of that and more right here on 24's podcast. Sorry if you can hear. Sorry if you can hear my my heater behind me. It's it's like forty something degrees outside. Uh, like two weeks ago, it was still in the nineties. Like for the South, it's been ninety something degrees for for the entire month of September, and then October, fifteen days later, it gets freaking into forty something degrees, forty six degrees. It's cold as balls in here, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. But now, weirdly enough, it's like with the cold, I'm going to, I got to turn it off. I got to turn it off. Because with the cold, it's like, I can, I, with the heat, it's like I'm, I'm a, I want to go to sleep. But with the cold, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm in that uncomfortable, comfortable zone, you know? Got to turn the heat off. But I just had to warm my body up. Warm it up just a little bit, just a tad. Nothing wrong with being warm. Jesus Christ, man! It's like all this hot air just starts to pump into my room, and I'm like, "Oh my God, this is this is way too, way too laxed." So this is a video gaming podcast as well as a sports podcast. I try and do both here, but for the past couple of weeks, I've had a really, really hard time with finding just stuff to talk about within the video gaming news, especially with football. I love football. I love my Cowboys. As I talk. Literally, almost every single episode, I try and shoe. I don't even try. That's the sad thing. I don't even try. I literally just do it, weirdly enough. But um, it, it's been a struggle to get some video game topics into this podcast, particularly because I'm, I'm really, really lazy. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying, or not even trying, but now I'm becoming like a, a sports journalist where you want and you expect like all of the content and all of the information to just be given to you, you know, so that way you don't even have to, you barely even have to write your own articles. You just say, hey, you know, uh, uh, this player tweeted this or this thing happened or this person gave this weird statement. It's like, it, like that's, that's pretty much where I am right now with podcasting where it's just like everything comes stupidly easy when it comes to sports, like everything. But when it comes to video games, it's just such a, Freaking muddled and muddied place that I couldn't I couldn't find any topics until today. The LCS technically it's the World League Championship Series. It's it's the uh, it's the World Cup essentially of League of Legends, which is a video game. If you are not aware of it, I was watching a lot of that for the past 
really four to five days ever since it was uh, ever, ever since like Sunday I've been watching a whole bunch of group stages the cool thing about being up at like 2:30 in the morning as an American is that because it's being hosted in Europe this season yeah this season it is now going to be played the actual championship series it's actually going to be played in a couple of hours like at five or six seven eight o'clock in the morning or something like that so I'll be up and I'll be able to watch SK uh, SKT oh my god I'm I'm tired I'm excuse me I'm really really tired but I get to watch SKT play like three world championship games uh they're still in like their round robin or they're still in like their um their group the group stages so you play a bunch of games you play four games and based upon how well you do in that four game stretch you move on to the round of 16 and then you know you uh, excuse me you play like uh you play like a series of I think four to three to five games in that series and then you go to like from a round of 16 to eight to the semifinals and then to the finals which is a seven game series which it's awesome 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 awful awesome we got a lot of league of legends stuff today to talk about so i kind of want to talk about some of that hold on let me i i came into this thing cold as freaking ice man i came into this podcast and i was like i have nothing prepared pretty much but I do have the topics that I do want to talk about, so I'm going to have to like type in you know, stuff like that. So hold on, frick, I'm not getting the article I freaking want. Why can't I just go to the League of Legends? Oh, I have to go to like League of Legends eSports, and then that'll, frick, that'll give me what I want. So I've been watching a lot of, here we go. I've been watching a lot of the, uh, the games I watched recently. Uh, AHQ versus uh, Team Liquid. Beautiful game. It's literally, by the way, if you're a football fan, literally what happened in about a 40-minute game was pretty much two teams, when they had the lead, when they had like a 10-point lead, instead of running the football during the third and the fourth quarter, they were just passing. (laughs) They just kept on passing down. And it wasn't like short passes. It was like 10, 25, like 30-yard passes that teams kept on going for. It was absolutely great. Hold on, let me pick up my my cap. Sorry about that. It's literally just kept on passing over and over and over again. And they just kept on putting both teams like back in it. Like once Team Liquid, they had a lead. They they just started to go three and out. And then a freak, uh, not a freak of freaks, excuse me. uh, AHQ started a freaking pass. And then they put Team Liquid in it. And Team Liquid finally, I think, one of the final, uh, one of the final fights. Why did my air conditioning come back on, dude? It's like seventy something degrees in here. It's forty degrees outside. Why? Why is my AC coming back on? I have no idea. But the funny thing about that game was how back and forth it was, and how just deliberate some of the teams were. Were just trying to let the other team win. Man, it was, it was a fantastic game. I cannot. I hope Team Liquid makes it to the uh, the round of sixteen. Specifically because, again, if you are unaware of esports, America never wins. No America team, American team, or American players really ever win. Want to know why American teams never win esports? Because we don't take it seriously. People think that video games are all about just, like, like, I don't even know what people think. No, you know, I know what people think video games are, especially competitive gaming. They think it's a freaking joke. They think that, oh my god, like, people, people play video games for a living? Wow. Wow. 
People play video games for a living. People people get paid to play video games and people watch other people play video games for a living? Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. I can't believe it. So, of course, in a country that doesn't take competitive video gaming seriously, of course, you have people or the teams not really take it as seriously. Like, the, the American community, they don't take it as seriously. The players aren't as good as the competition, specifically the South Korean uh, competition. South Korea pretty much dominates everybody. There's very, very few people. Unless you are a special pro gamer, you usually don't win these high-level gaming competitions against uh, against uh, the Koreans. Like, I think Serral, he's from, like, the Netherlands or something like that in StarCraft Two, which is another game. It's not League of Legends. StarCraft Two, Serral, he won it just this past year. He won uh, at BlizzCon, and I think he's one of the only foreigners, right? If you're not South Korean, you're considered a foreigner. How weird is that, right? Americans, they suck. They suck at video games when it compares to the South Koreans because they actually take that shit seriously. They have freaking PC bongs. What not like bongs, like you know you smoke stuff out of, but pe- places were pretty much they're like um, they're like cafes for video games, right? So you go in. I think you can like rent a station or you can rent a computer. They have snacks. They have all that stuff. It's great. We don't have any of that stuff. It's like an arcade, except you can play like like on a high on a high budget PC or whatever. It's it's fantastic. We don't have any of that stuff here. They also have actual television channels for competitive gaming. Isn't that great? Here in America, we have none of that stuff. We have people who uh, who ridicule the gaming industry constantly, but, uh, you know, it's like, who... Nobody watches this shit in America. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, when, is, when does SKT play? Do they... Oh, frick, they, they don't play today. They play Saturday. They play Saturday... Um, who plays today then? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at it. It's like Splice, GAM, Esports. These are the teams that are probably not going to win, like, at all. They're not going to win anything. Like, GAM, Sport, Esports, never heard of them. Um, no idea who Splice is. I think Splice is actually a pretty good team. Fun plus Phoenix uh, again, never heard of them, but I think they're a good team. I don't, I don't know, but we're definitely going to have some pretty, we're definitely going to have some pretty, uh, good, good games going into the next couple of weeks, but, oh, oh my God. I mean, the, uh, the tournament actually lasts like worlds. It used to end like late October, like real, like the 20th, sometimes the 25th. It's going all the way until November 10th, which I didn't even, and it's not even, I don't even think it's the finals. I think it's the, um, oh yeah, I think it is the finals. And instead of it being a round of uh, a best of seven, I think it's now a a best of five. In fact, I don't even think they play a best of seven anymore. I think that's StarCraft. But, oh man, I can't believe I got that wrong. SK Telecom plays Fnatic. That's a good game. They play also against Clutch Gaming. That's going to be, oh, Jesus. Royal Never Give Up. That's going to be. I think SK Telecom, they play, what, five games or three games in the next couple of uh, days? All back-to-back on Saturday. I know what I'm going to be doing instead of watching college football. But with the competitive scene, 
with uh, with esports going on, with a lot of people being interested, a lot more money being pumped into the esports scene. I really haven't talked about it on this podcast because you know I just I just really didn't think about it. But with all of that stuff, all of the competitive pro scenes, all of the uh, all of all of the good stuff, all of the pro gamers being there. I think that a lot of people will start to see, like a lot of people are trying to see the financial gains in it. They, they're in it for the money. They're not really in it because it's something that they're passionate about. So you have a lot of like multi-million dollar investments being pumped into these games, into these, uh, into these teams. And people have no idea like how to actually uh, like put the team or like how to manage the team. So they have these like huge contracts, these like huge investments. And it's like, Oh, I see the money in it, but I don't really see the value in it. They don't really see like why, uh, why people watch this, why people love esports. They're not a part. They're not about the culture. You know, they're not about a part of the community. And it sucks because if they were, they would, they would understand how great of a community and how great of a culture it is. And, Things of that nature. Also, when is BlizzCon? I think it wasn't it during like esports or something like that. Not esports. Um, E3. Sorry about that. Or what? What is it in November? I have no idea when BlizzCon is. Oh, it's it is in October, which is what I kind of thought. I'm like, I didn't hear anything at, like during E3, so I, I don't really know when it is anymore. But I was like, okay, you know, it's it's during late October. But BlizzCon is when StarCraft II, they're going to have their World Championship Series. And, I mean, just this month is packed with a whole bunch of just competitive gaming. I can't, like, I can't wait to watch it. I'm a huge eSport nut. I, not a nut, because I obviously don't talk about it that much. But I, I love the actual scene of eSports and competitive gaming. So I thought I would just put that stuff out there. By the way, uh, I've noticed that a lot of my freaking podcasts, they like I shout a lot and stuff like that. I kind of want to try and have a calmer approach sometimes, but uh, I'm not I'm not a huge audio guy, so it's hard for me to freaking get some of the stuff the way that I want it to. But you know, we'll try. We'll figure it out. We'll see. Speaking of trying and figuring out stuff, how not about them Dallas freaking Cowboys, man? Holy smokes. Everyone is selling their stock on the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody. And to me, it just is, um, it's just people who didn't believe in the Cowboys to begin with. And everybody keeps on saying, well, the Dallas Cowboys are losing all these games and they're, they're sucking, they're da-da-da-da-da-da. And for me, I'm not, I'm not really that worried. I'm not that worried because I've, I've kind of accepted the reality, right? Either a couple of things are going to happen. Hold on, let me type in. Let me type in a, a team schedule here. Either uh, a couple of things are going to happen within the next couple of months. What's going to happen is is that the uh, the Dallas Cowboys they're gonna miss the playoffs, right? That's something that could happen. Like that's a reality. That's always been a reality, right? The Dallas Cowboys are gonna miss the playoffs. Or they're gonna lose the playoffs, or they can win a Super Bowl. That's you know they they have a shot, right? But more than likely, a lot of people are going to predict. Well, the Dallas Cowboys they're gonna they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose. They're not gonna go to the playoffs. All right, sure, fine, whatever. Okay, what is the pro? What is the maybe not the pro, but what is the consequence of them not making it to the playoffs? Well, Jason Garrett is probably going to get fired. 
by probably, I mean, not even probably, Jason Garrett should be should be fired. You have all the ammunition that you need to fire this dude. How are you not going to fire this dude? Like, he, he deserves to be fired after that performance against the Jets. You lost to literally one of the worst head coaches in the entirety of the league. You 100% deserve to get fired after um, after that terrible performance that the Cowboys put up. But let's say he doesn't. Let's say, okay, or not even doesn't, but let's say he doesn't get fired because the Dallas Cowboys go to the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. Well, he 100% should be fired because of the performance, but let's say he doesn't, okay? That means that the Dallas Cowboys are in for a serious, for some serious issues as it pertains to the uh, the next 10 years. I talked about it on um, on the Monday podcast. I was like, I'm trying to build an empire, right? I'm trying to like win constantly for the next 10 years. I'm trying to be that team, that that organization that is always constantly like in the contention for Super Bowl, for the play, not even for the playoffs, but for the championship game. Like we're that team that people look at as like the next um, as like the next Patriots. That's what I want out of Dallas. And I think it all starts with firing Jason Garrett and hiring Lincoln Riley as the head coach. But when you go further, when you look at that and you look at and you say, well, I want Jerry to ne- not necessarily be the GM anymore, hire a real GM. I want the Joneses to take a back seat from the, um, from like, from being like the heads of the Cowboys. I want that to happen. I want Dak to get, to get better as a quarterback. I want the defense to play better. Like I want all this stuff to happen over and and we can do that. You have all of these guys that have been playing together and and I was watching some of uh some Dallas media type of stuff and they didn't seem to understand how the season works. Like a lot of them uh, I was I'm not going to mention the show. I'm not going to like give a shout out to the show, but I was watching a show today and it had some Dallas media personalities on it. And they were like, we don't understand how it's week six and you guys are still trying to figure out who you are. Well, let's look at a team who lost two games in week six last year. Uh, the Super Bowl winning team last year, the Patriots. They lost against the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions uh, through the first six weeks of the game or of the season. Two teams that they 100% were expected to beat, right? Like the Patriots, they don't lose a, a whole bunch of football games. And then they lost to Tennessee, which is a team that the Cowboys lost to. Then they lost to uh, the Dolphins and the Steelers. Again, two more teams that they were not expected to lose to. Rounding out the season, what, 13? No, 11-5. and five. I was about to say 13-5, and five, but that's like including their playoffs. But they finished the season 14-5. Like I, I'm not, I'm not that concerned with Dallas. Can they go 11 and five? I don't know. They have a lot of hard competition to go against. I always will say 10 and six. I think I said 11 and five because of how good they were playing at the beginning of the season. I'm not so sure about that anymore. We just lost three games. The odds of you winning or not winning, but losing two more games is is kind of like absurd to me. Like you would have to have like you would have to you would have to win a lot of hard fought games. But I think that Dallas can win a lot of these games. If you look around the league, and if you look at some of the teams that are definitely playing in the league currently, like uh, like the like the freaking 
Los Angeles Rams. Like, seriously, holy smokes. Like, let me let me type in the divisions. And I really should have a picture of this, but I don't. Let me type in the NFL conferences, right? Specifically the NFC East. The NFL, NFC East, okay. Not the NFC East, excuse me, but the NFC. Right? <clears throat> so, you have a bunch of these teams. Like, the entire NFC North is a crapshoot. I don't care that the Packers are 5-1. and one. They should probably be three and three. They probably should. They probably should have lost to the Lions, who are now two, two and one. They and and, and by the way, instead of the Lions being probably tied for uh, for third place in their division, now they're bottom of the division. The refs literally cost them, you know, a huge opportunity within the division and against the Packers, who are now first place. Same the way that they did Dallas. They did them dirty. You also have the Vikings being four and two, and the Bears being three and two. I have no idea who Mitchell Trubisky is as a head, uh, not as a head coach, excuse me, as a quarterback. I think he's not as good as people thought he was when he came out of North Carolina, and I also don't think he's very good right now. So, if you want my opinion on it, I think the NFC North is a crapshoot. I don't think that the Bears are making the playoffs. I think it may be the Packers. If it is, watch out. We know what they do at AT and T Stadium. We don't have to look that far back for reference. The NFC South, I think, is another crapshoot. Listen, when you got the Bucks, who are two and four, the I, I don't care what the Panthers' record is. I don't care that they're four and two. The Panthers, who do they play against? When are they going to play against a hard team? They're playing against the 49ers on Sunday night. Not on Sunday night, but on Sunday three o five. Do I have that game? Let me look it up. Do I have that game? NFL schedule. Do I have that game? While I'm at it, let me go ahead and record Thursday night football, so that way I can, uh, so that way I can make sure. No, I freaking don't have that game. Do you want to guess what the games that I have? Want to guess the games that I have? I have the uh, the Los Angeles Ram game versus the Atlanta Falcons. That's pretty much a snooze fest. And I have Jacksonville versus the Bengals. That's also a freaking snooze fest. Jesus Christ. I'm going to talk about the the most least interesting teams, the most least interesting games. Those are the games right there. Bears versus Saints. I have that game. That's going to be a pretty interesting game, but I can't cast the game that I want, which is the uh, the Panthers versus the 49ers. It freaking sucks. Why not? But the Panthers, they're going to take a loss there, um, and they'll go 4-3. and three. I think by the end of this weekend, I think Dallas will be 4-3. and three. Wentz has not done anything to impress me. Um, as a quarterback, everyone keeps on telling me about how Dak is uh, is uh, is just a terrible quarterback and whatever. I refer to how a lot of the thirty million dollar quarterbacks were formed during Sunday. Do you want to guess how many of them, how many quarterbacks who are getting paid like thirty something million dollars, how they performed on Sunday? They all got stomped. Besides Russell Wilson, pretty much. Um, Aaron Rodgers pretty much had the refs. He he probably he definitely should have lost that game against Detroit. I'm doubling down on that. And Carson Wentz lost. Uh, Matt Ryan he lost. Roethlisberger didn't even play. Russell Wilson was the only one that won. And to be honest with you, if the I, I don't know what the hell is going on with the Browns. Apparently, some idiot Brown fan. Let me look up this video because apparently Miles Garrett got punched in the face by some idiot brown fan this is this is why the browns are like like what what are you what are you guys as browns fans doing right now 
That's that's what I don't get. Hold on. Let me look let me look this video up. Like some absolute moronic Brown fan punched freaking Miles Garrett. Let me let me listen to this. This is a sports report by uh, uh, by apparently. by Fox by the local Fox station. Hold on. A very rough fan encounter. He was posting on Twitter late this afternoon. Very strange considering everybody loves Miles Garrett. Who doesn't love him? Two sacks this weekend, all around great guy. But he posted this on Twitter just a short time ago about a very strange encounter with a fan. According to the Twitter account, Miles Garrett saying that a fan approached Sorry him. He was in his car, wanted to take a picture with him. After taking the picture, then punched him in the face. Miles Garrett then joking on his Twitter account saying, hmm, maybe you should put your legs into it. It might have actually made me flinch. Uh, through uh, subsequent tweets afterward, Miles Garrett also made some other jokes about it, um, saying that he cracked the window just enough for the camera, and that's when the guy punched him in the face. But again, he called it a pillow tap. But still, very strange that this would happen at this time. And the Browns organization this afternoon saying basically that they're aware of it. They've made the authorities aware of it, looking into any sort of investigation that might be possible. I mean, after all, it is assault. Um, and we did just see Bernie Kosar leaving here just a short time ago. He wasn't comfortable commenting on the tweet or the incident because he was just learning about it. However, he did say it is not uncommon for fans to become a little overly aggressive and rowdy and to even hit them. Although punching someone in the face, can't even imagine that, especially Miles Garrett. I yeah. mean, it had, had to be like a Seattle fan that was still in town. <laughs> <laughs> not possibly have been a Browns fan. Nope, uh, Seattle fans, they don't care. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm like they, they don't care about the, uh, the, the walloping, the fan, no. Um, that sounds like a Brown fan to me. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get that. So the, the Browns, you're freaking messing up your chances with Miles Garrett, who's probably going to be, how many sacks does Miles Garrett have right now? This dude has been, ever since he came out of A&M, he wanted to be a cowboy. He's like, Jerry, make your magic happen. And I was like, you get this dude, Jerry. This is, this is an absolute knockout. Have you seen this dude? This dude looks like a freaking human bear. Jesus Christ, man. This dude, oh my God. This this dude looks like a human bear. You know? Big, athletic, fast, quick, powerful. Goodness gracious, man. This guy is an absolute monster. He weighs almost he weighs 271. And he has a six pack. Do you realize like how freaking hard that is to have that much weight, be that strong, be that powerful, but yet still be that conditioned? He's on he's on a whole nother level. He's on a whole nother level, man. How many sacks does he have? Career, he has 29 sacks. And he's been playing since 2017. Right now he has nine on the season in six weeks. Jesus Christ. He's had a sack in every single game except the Ravens. Except against the Ravens. Meanwhile, in Dallas, let's look at Demarcus Lawrence, his stats in 2017. He's had two in six weeks. 2.5. 2.5. 2 2.5 sacks. And they one was against the Saints, one was against the Dolphins. And yes, I completely forgot about those two sacks as well. Like, he had 10 last season, 
He had 14. So literally these last two seasons, the uh, the uh, the the 2018 10 sack season and the 2017 14 sack season, they were uh, they were his best seasons. But he has he has not been playing very well for the past couple of uh seasons to be honest with you but yeah miles garrett got freaking punched in the face by some idiotic brown fan and i was like if if he doesn't if they don't start doing something quick with kitchens who who do they play this week who do the browns play when it comes to the nfl who do they play let me let me pull it up they play against the freaking patriots how do i not have that game i have freaking jacksonville Hold on, let me let me check the NFL schedule. Here, God damn it. Let me check all these freaking games. This Sunday is going to be a great Sunday for football. You have uh How do I have the Rams at at 12 o'clock? Raiders at Raiders at Packers, that's going to be an interesting one. Uh apparently week 7, I don't know why. Oh, it's because the Carolina Panthers, they're not playing the uh the 49ers this week. The reason why they're not playing them is because they're on a bye week. So they'll play the 49ers next week, which is why I don't have that game, which is I'm like I'm like how do I not have that 3 o'clock game? I'm in the south, bro. Uh NFL football. I'm like how do I not how I'm like how do I not have that game? That sounds like a game that I should have. I'm like I'm in the south. I'm right next to South Carolina. I'm like I should 100% have that football game. Hold on. NFL. Jesus Christ. Using my DVR's menus, my DVR menus, they they are so freaking sluggish, man. Hold on. NFL games. They're showing me a bunch of, like, crap that I don't really want to watch. The only... They they keep showing me the the only one that's upcoming and that's that's the uh, the Thursday night game and they aren't showing me any other games. Then they're showing me a bunch of like featured stuff like the fantasy football, which fantasy football to me is just like an absolute snooze fest. I did I could I could not be more disinterested in something than NF than uh than fantasy football. They aren't even showing me the actual games anymore. Okay. All right, all right. You don't want to show me the games. All right, fine. Fuck you. Uh, what games do I have? You know what? This uh, this isn't working. I'll just get out of that shit. All right, that was a huge waste of time. Sorry about that. But the 49ers are playing Washington this weekend. Texans at Colts. That's going to be an interesting one. Lions versus Vikings. Bengals versus Jacks out of literally all of the games that I just mentioned. And you even have the Cardinals versus the Giants. That's a pretty interesting one as well. Uh, Dolphins at Bills. I don't even have the Ravens versus the Seahawks. I have Bears versus the freaking Saints. Oh, yeah. By the way, for some weird reason, I was watching Fox. And Fox didn't have, like, Fox had paid programming and not the actual football games going on. So I couldn't even watch football even though football was supposed to be on, which, like... Oh, man. God, I hate the NFL sometimes. It's like, you know, you pay this money for this package. Not not for the NFL package, but you pay for, for the NFL on your cable provider. And you freaking don't even get 
the games on the channel. I got paid programming. I just got a bunch of advertisements for literally three hours. And I'm like, I'm not watching this shit. (sighs) Bears versus Saints. Seahawks versus Ravens. That's going to be a pretty interesting game. Cardinals, Giants. Eagles, Cowboys. Patriots, Jets. Let's see how good Darnold does on Monday Night Football against Tom Brady in New York. Let's see. Let's see. Very, very interested to see what uh, what those... Um... Oh, yeah, and the Browns are also on a bye week as well. So that's when I was like, Browns versus Patriots, when do they play? Or or I, I was surprised that they played those teams. By the way, uh, Chiefs versus Packers. Very, very interesting game as well. Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, Everybody, for some weird reason, ran out on Mahomes. Like, they're like, I mean, I cannot believe how many people are dissing Patrick Mahomes right now. They keep saying, well, Patrick Mahomes is like, he's not as good as we thought he was. The Chiefs are in trouble. Blah, 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 blah. They're, the Chiefs defense isn't very good. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you guys do realize that this guy has one interception on the season and like 12 touchdowns, right? You guys do realize that. Like you guys you guys you guys understand what his stats are currently, right? Like he had oh excuse me, two interceptions or no. No, he has one interception. He has one interception, fourteen touchdowns. You do understand that, right? And in a loss against the uh, the Texans, oh my goodness, excuse me. He had three touchdowns, two hundred and seventy three yards, and he threw for fifty percent completion percentage. Like, oh, oh my gosh, like, excuse me, like, three touchdowns, one interception, pass rating 96, oh my god, like, Mahomes is falling off of a cliff now. He's, he's, he's reached the Brady cliff, so to speak. I have to listen to this BS. Who, do, who does the Chiefs play against this week? Do, or do they have a bye week? Who do the Chiefs play against? Oh, they play against the Broncos, and it's tonight. Everyone keeps telling me how, how great of a defense, and it's in Denver, by the way, just in case if you're wondering. And everybody's like, oh my God, you know, the Chiefs, they're, you know, they're, they're such a terrible football team. Mahomes is such a terrible quarterback. And I'm like, you guys just don't get it. You really, really don't. You don't get it. You really, really don't. Listen, um, do I mind that Mahomes is losing the teams? No, not really. I still like my chances with Mahomes. He's the league's MVP and he easily is probably the best quarterback in the league right now. Who's better? Who's playing better than Patrick Mahomes? Uh, that, that's a better question. Who's playing better than Patrick Mahomes? Two thousand four hundred, two thousand one hundred four yards. Excuse me. 63% completion percentage. 14 touchdowns. One interception. 111.9 passer rating. Who's playing better than him? I want to know. He could still potentially throw, because it's week seven, week six, excuse me. No, no, it's week seven. It's week seven. He could potentially still throw for 5,000 yards, uh, 50 touchdowns. Like he, maybe not 50 touchdowns anymore. Maybe not anymore, but I mean, he has 14 touchdowns, one interception. 14 and one. 14 touchdowns, one interception. I, this dude is insane. He is in. He is. He is in. Has he? He has had three back-to-back fifty percent completion games, but they're against great defenses. 
Texans, Colts, Lions, those are great defenses. But I mean, you want to tell me that this dude isn't isn't in the conversation for MVP? He's not good anymore. Why? Oh, because he played against the Colts, the Lions, and the Texans. Really, really great defenses. All with pretty good quarterbacks, excuse me. I just I just want to make that clear. I just want things to be perfectly clear. So now we're just throwing context out of the situation and we're just like, oh, he lost to the Texans with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Everyone keeps on saying to me, uh, what's his face? Carson Wentz is is the neck is is on the talent level of Patrick Mahomes, and I keep rolling my eyes. I'm like, you guys don't get it. It's Deshaun Watson who's on the talent level of Patrick Mahomes. Carson Wentz goes up against Patrick Mahomes. Listen to how many excuses people would throw at at how at how at how at how he doesn't win football games, or how he do, not doesn't win football games, but how he needs stuff to win football games. Like I mean, I I even talked about it on Monday. I was like. I was listening to this ESPN report, not this report, excuse me, but they were they were talking about how Jalen Ramsey, uh, like the, that's that's what the Eagles needed. They needed uh, a a cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles to win. Like, let me let me find the clip. Let me find it. I was like, well, if he's if he's the one hundred and something million quarterback, because everybody's like, Dak isn't the one hundred million quarterback. He's not the guy you should pay. He's not. Carson Wentz, who lost against the, uh, who got spanked by the Vikings. He's not your Jared Goff, who threw 76 yards and a loss to the 49ers. He's not the type of guy that can beat great teams, which, by the way, literally those two guys, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, didn't do. He's not the type of guy who can throw three touchdowns, one interception, and a loss against the Houston Texans. He's not like those guys at all. Who, by the way, uh, Deshaun Watson had an immaculate game against the, uh, the, the frickin' Uh, the Chiefs, 280 yards, 70% completion percentage. His stats will not show it, but he had an immaculate game against that that team. Let me find it. Let me find the clip. By the way, I was watching LeBron tonight. LeBron, sorry about that. LeBron was absolutely phenomenal. And I get it, it's the preseason, but... You have to consider this, and I'll, and I'll talk about LeBron for like five seconds. When the Lakers, LeBron, LeBron is in rare form. Like, hold on. Okay, I was reading, I just saw this, uh, this video about DeAndre Hopkins and his mother. LeBron is in rare form, ladies and gentlemen. Like, when you have a dude in LeBron where he has like three centers and another and he's not he's not playing the power anymore he's not playing power forward anymore he's playing the small forward Anthony Davis is playing uh the power forward and now you have JaVel McGee so you have these freaking towering offensive players just being able to move the ball as easy as it can be and and I, and I was watching the game and I was just like their ball movement is some of the best I've ever seen LeBron James make and it, and, it, and he was playing a preseason game and there was this one play where he just drove down the lane and it was on a fast break Danny Green was was waiting for the ball on the perimeter and it looked like LeBron James was driving and as he's like falling away and he's trying and, and it looked like he was trying to attempt a layup but as he was falling away trying to attempt a layup he passes the ball 
perfectly to Danny Green, and Danny Green knocks down a three, and I was like, this Lakers team is fully loaded, man. Jesus Christ, this team is absolutely phenomenal. But that's kind of like my five-second like tidbit of information about LeBron. That's kind of some of the that's kind of the highlights. And I know that the highlights they aren't the full game, but uh, they they won and they did it. And and the best parts of the game were 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 fantastic. Let me find this dude. Let me find him. Let me find Carson Wentz here. Here. Let me let me find the clip. Here here's the clip. Right here's the clip of uh, the, these dudes talking about Wentz. Storyline for them this year is the two young corners and Douglas and Sidney Jones just haven't panned out. And this is a championship caliber team and roster. Their total success long-term this year is dependent on Howie Roseman not only making a trade for a corner, but he's got to go get a good corner. I don't know what it's going to go take. Okay, so a good corner, it is all dependent on Howie Roseman getting a good corner. Now, uh, can anyone name any of the corners on the... uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs team last year. Anyone? My point exactly. I can Orlando Scandrick, who is let me let me let me kind of figure out the timeline. He pe- he played 10 years in Dallas. Uh he got cut by Dallas. He went to Washington. Then he went to I think Philadelphia. I think he got cut by Philadelphia. He was a late season sign. Let me let me look up the teams that this dude has been on because I could get the actual list incorrect. But let me let me try. Let me try. So he plays ten years in Dallas. He gets cut by the Dallas Cowboys. Goes to Washington. He then goes to um, to Philadelphia. Then he goes to Kansas City. He gets cut by Kansas City. He signs with Philadelphia again. Gets cut by Philadelphia. Now Philadelphia realizes all of their uh, all of their guys are trash. So now he goes back to Philadelphia after being cut by Philadelphia again. And now he is on Philadelphia's team once again. Let me try and figure out how many teams he's been on. Maybe, maybe, maybe he is. Um, Hold on. I'm like, maybe. Okay, so yeah, I was right. He went to Washington. He signed a two-year deal with Washington, but then he was released August 14th of last year. Then he signed with Kansas City. Then he got signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. Then he was released by the Eagles. Then he resigned on uh, September 27th. So, and by the way, congrats. He's a fifth. He's a fifth-round he, fifth draft pick. So he's he's a grinder. He's a he's a hard worker, obviously. But uh, he's he's just not very good anymore. He's he's been playing in the league for ten years. He's had injuries, you know. He again, he's a he's a grinder. He's a guy that doesn't quit. But I mean, he's not very good. <laughs> yeah, you know, like he's he's not very good. And um, that was evident by how Kansas City could not stop anybody. They could not stop anybody. Don't tell me, oh well, they stopped the Patriots in the AFC Championship game uh, during the second half. I'm like, well, they stopped him. They stopped Brady for what, uh, one quarter, two quarters, but they didn't stop him in overtime, now did they? And they were blitzing. They were blitzing. Watch that game again. Watch it. Brady, I think, had to complete or had to convert on, like, three consecutive third and, like, tens or something like that. It was ridiculous how many times he had to convert on third and long. And they kept on blitzing, and the secondary was letting Gronk and Edelman and Hogan and everybody do their things, man. So... 
Patrick Mahomes last year was able to do a whole lot with literally nothing on defense. By the way, gotta say this, stupid idea for the Kansas City Chiefs to release Justin Houston and get uh, and get Frank Clark. Justin Houston is a great pass rusher. No, And by the way, uh, he was one of the guys that put a molly whopping on the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and specifically on Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, by the way. But... Uh, you should have kept Justin Houston. You should have kept. Uh, you should have kept him. But with Kansas City, with their guys, with you know who they have, like, do I think that Patrick Mahomes can carry a terrible defense to an AFC Championship football game? Yeah, one hundred percent. But I may have to readjust certain things because I did not think that Deshaun Watson was going to go to the AFC Championship game. Uh, I still don't believe in that offensive line. And I still don't believe in his playmakers besides Deshaun Watson, not Deshaun Watson, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. It's literally like, oh, okay, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, and that's kind of it. And I think he also has Kenny Stills and Will Fuller, and I have no idea who his tight ends are. So I'm not too high on the Texans, excuse me, doing a whole lot in the playoffs, if doing anything at all, just because it's like, your your mo- when you think about what is your strength as a football team, what is it? It's your quarterback. I, it, it's not your defense anymore. You gave up your your best one of your best defensive players in um, in the regular season. You traded them away. It's your quarterback now. It's your it's that guy. But if you don't have a lot of weapons, like they now have, they now have a lot of weapons offensively. They now have Laramie Tunsil. They now have K- uh, Kenny Stills, Will Furler. Um, they have Carlos Hyde, who seems pretty good. Uh, they have a lot of dudes for Watson, but I look at I look at Watson's help, and I don't really see a lot of help right now. I have no idea who his tight ends are, so that's kind of it. And I think that they they need to draft a running back in the first or the second round, maybe even the third round potentially in the next draft to just freaking help him out a little bit. Also. Um, he needs a, he needs a solid number two, man. He needs that one, two Hopkins, whoever type of punch is CD lamb of Oklahoma. Is he coming out? CD lamb. How old is this dude? Is he coming out this year? Is he coming out this year or next year? They need to look at him. He's 20. Uh, probably not. He may not come out this year, but it's like, I would be looking at C.D. Lamb. He has he has some good hands. He's a powerful guy. He's I mean I've seen him run after the catch. He's he's a pretty he's a pretty strong dude, man. And I mean he puts he's been he's been lighting some guys up, and he has been a, a, a extremely reliable number one wide receiver for the guy, the new guy, Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. But if you ask me, in my opinion, just just in my opinion. Uh, I would look for him specifically in the draft because wide receivers they fall, they fall hard in uh, in the draft because a lot of people they don't value wide receivers that much. But if I was the Texans, I would be like, you know, let's let's look at CD CD Lamb. We have a veteran wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. Let's let's take a peek. Let's try and look. Let's look. Well, who knows? Maybe watching Dallas versus Dolphins. I've been saying this for like the past three weeks, man. It's not Dak. It's not the it's not the Cowboys quarterback. That is the reason why. I mean, Dak is thrown in tight windows. I'm watching the fourth quarter right now. Dallas needs to make a insurmountable comeback. This is, by the way, where the defense should have showed up. But I mean, 
It's Zeke gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage. Dak now has to convert on second and nine, third and long. You know, Michael Gallup is starting to get into that rhythm now. If Michael Gallup was out, I would be like, holy shit, we are in for a fucking molly whopping right now. But he's not out. I think he's gonna play Sunday. Amari Cooper and Tyron Smith, they're out. They're not playing. They're not they're not even practicing right now. So if you ask me, um, I I gotta be honest with you, I, I look at a lot of the guys Dallas has offensively. I think they're gonna get Randall Cobb back this week. Um they they could I I, I don't know who's gonna play the one, but I'm trying to think. Is, I'm not going to say Bryce Butler. I don't know if he's available or not, but there's a lot of dudes that I think Dallas still has offensively, and they still have Zeke. I think they just freaking need to not call such like a BS game, some horse mess. That's what they called on Sunday, right? So you can't, you cannot call, because now, right, Dak, uh, Dak kind of overthrew Blake Jarwin. It was a one-handed grab. I don't like one-handed grab. I don't like being like a wide receiver should have caught a one-handed grab. I'm like, that's a hard freaking catch, man. One-handed grab is a hard catch to catch, right? Like Odell Beckham, he makes it look easy because he practices practices it a lot. But if you're not practicing one-handed grabs, especially like he does, like he practices, he practices like running at full speed, running and jumping one-handed grabs. He practices, he practices it a lot, excuse me. So I don't expect guys like Blake Jarwin to make a one-handed grab is my point. And now I'm watching Michael Gallup. Uh, just, I mean, how, how, what, what are his stats? This dude has had quietly, he's probably going to be, they're probably going to have 2,000-yard receivers on this team by the end of the season. Amari Cooper and Michael freaking Gallup. Probably. I think Amari is already at like 500 yards, by the way. Let me, let me show you how disgusting Dallas's passing attack is, just so you have the context. Because I don't think, because everyone keeps on saying to me, like, you got to run the offense through Zeke. You got to run the offense through Zeke. Why? Why do you have to run it through Zeke if you're getting, if you're destroying secondaries? And it's not just, and before people say, well, it was the first three. No, they, Dak had 463 yards against the Packers. And a lot of, like, 300 yards came in the second half. So people keep telling me, like, Dallas has to run the football. Amari Cooper has has 515 yards, and he's going to miss this week's game, and he has five touchdowns on the season. Michael Gallup has, right now, 387 yards, and and he he had 48 yards against the Jets, he had 113 yards against the Packs. He missed a game against the Dolphins where he 100% could have lit them up. He had 68 yards. He, he's, he's pretty much averaging 10-plus yards per reception. He's averaging 16.1 yards per reception. Michael Gallup. Then you look at Amari Cooper. 15.6 yards. That's your number one and your number two. And you want to tell me that... What, how many yards Zeke is averaging right now? How many yards? How many yards is he averaging? How many yards? He's averaging 4.3, which is good. But this, but by the way, the stats are kind of 
fluctuating because against the Saints, he had 1.9. Against the Packers, he had 5.2, but he had 62 yards. In my opinion, it's like I feel like some of those yards are dead yards. Some of the yards that he got because they pretty much were like, you're not winning this football game. Same thing with the Jets. He had 105 yards on 3.8 average, but it's like, yeah, when you run it 28 times and the defense doesn't really care, it's like, of course, you're going to just freaking outrun the crap out of them. But it's like, listen, 4.3 yards, the passing game has 100% worked better in Dallas's favor more consistently than the uh, than the run. So do you have so do you have to for instance completely go away from the run? No. Do you establish the run? Kind of. What does kind of mean? Is that you mix in run it. You help. You use the run to help the pass. You don't run the ball to run the ball. You use the run to help the pass to discombobulate the defense. And you have a bunch of hot routes, a bunch of fast routes to get the ball out quickly to you know to the slot guys. Dallas's terrible use of slot receivers amazes me. Considering how good of a short passer or a short yardage passer Dak Prescott is. Like everyone told me that Dak Prescott is a game manager and it's like, yeah, that's that's kind of a good thing. That means that you manage the game, that you can win the game. How many want to know who the best quarterbacks are? Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees. They're all game managers. That's all how their careers start. They were all game managers. So when you have game managers, quote unquote, guys that manage the game, they develop in, and they can develop into really, really good quarterbacks. It obviously means that they can not only win a lot of games because they know the situations to, you know, uh, to win these games because they've managed the football games. But now you also have these guys, the the game managers, if they can develop now being some of the best quarterbacks in the league because they understand both. They're not Brett Favre throwing in a double coverage, you know, trying to freaking uh, get a get a freaking try to throw a. Oh my God, I was thinking about the square pegs round hole analogy, but I screwed it up. But yeah, it's like you're not trying to fit a square peg through a round hole, you know. That's what Brett Favre does. Brady. Breeze, Wilson, they all just, they all understand what to do at the end of the game, and most importantly, to win a game. And that's why they're all some of the best and most winningest quarterbacks in the league, because they they know how to win, right? So when Dak, Dak's a game manager, but he's developed, he has the deep ball. He has it on lock, man. I don't, like, I would, I would run it, I would, I would use the run to help the pass, man. I really would. And most importantly, I would try and get Pollard in there. I'd try and get Pollard. You have two wide receivers who in seven weeks almost have 900 yards. In fact, I think they do have 900 yards almost. Yeah, they have 900 yards in seven weeks. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I really, really don't. I don't, I don't, I just don't understand it. It's, it's a layup, man. Is Noah Brown on the field? Is he going to return? Is Or is he just not on the team, man? He's on the team, but he, he he's not even ready to practice. According to CBS Sports, he's not even his behind isn't even ready to freaking practice. 
won't begin. The Cowboys won't begin Brown's three-week practice window yet. Brown's currently on the pup list, and the Cowboys have until November 4th to allow him to start practicing. Once he begins practicing, Brown has three weeks to be activated or else he'll be shut down for the season. Brown doesn't offer much offensive upside with just five catches for 54 yards last year, but he could be a valuable depth. But he could be valuable depth, excuse me, depth since Amari Cooper, quadriceps, and Randall Cobb back are dealing with injuries. So we may not even get Randall Cobb back. Okay. My point being is that Dallas has a lot of talent at the wide receiving position. And, I mean, it's... Michael Gallup is easily, easily better than a lot of people think he is. And, I mean, that game, that Jets game... What were stats? 48 yards? He easily could have had 100. Easily could have had 100. He had 12 yards per catch. Easily could have had 100 yards in that game. So, we'll see about Gallup. We'll see about all of these, uh, all of these, all of these guys that I just mentioned. Speaking of guys that I mentioned, I kind of went about it in a roundabout way. I was talking about um, what's his face, Goff, a little bit. Let me find the clip. Let me find it because I have it up. It's talking about Jared Goff. And I was talking about how. Oh, Jesus, I cannot find this freaking thing. Holy smokes. Where is it? I have like all of these notes. I have all this. Here we go. So, you have all these. So, uh, the NFL Pat rankings came out. And, um, you know, I I like Cynthia Freeland in the sense of she's gotten better. She hasn't gotten worse. You can't blame a person for getting better when it comes to their predictions. But um, she's, a statist- she's a statistician. I think that's how you say that. She's someone who uses stats a whole lot. And um, she was talking about how, like, a a lot of people are like, I don't care about what the stats show about Carson Wentz. I don't care what the stats show about Jared Goff. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And it's like, you don't care about their stats? Let me me drag their stats out in the light. Let Let me show people how these guys, how these 30 plus million dollar year quarterbacks, how they're performing. So we have, let me look up Jared Goff. And then let me look up Carson Wentz. Because I I wouldn't have paid, by the way, to make my my point clear, I would not have paid either one of these dudes uh, before this this season. Like I seriously would have been like, you guys are going to have to play another season before you guys can even like think about a contract extension. And it turns out I'm actually kind of right about this. So let me do this. Let me do this. Let me get off of that. Okay. So when it comes to Mahomes and oh yeah, let me let me pull up. Do I have Dax stats? I have his stats up. No, I don't. Let's get those stats and let's get rid of this, this. That. Let me let me pull up Dak stats for you, so that way you have Dak Prescott stats as well. <clears throat> so, in the case of Carson Wentz versus and Jared Goff versus Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes, we have a guy, or we have a couple of guys. 
one with 63% completion. Two, I'll, I'll just say their yards. 2,104 yards. 1,644 yards. 1,727 yards. And 1,458 yards. One more. 1,884 yards. Do you want to know how many quarterbacks do Carson Wentz and Jared Goff beat when it comes to their yardage? When it comes to how many yards they they threw? One. And that's Watson. And it's Goff versus Watson, by the way. And it's by 100 yards. Goff had the 1,727 and Watson had the 1,644, okay? But then when you look at Wentz, the 1,458, this is the supposed to be the dynamic doer, the dynamic playmaker, the guy that gets a whole lot of stuff done and yada, yada, yada. And everyone keeps on telling me, well, 24, he had 300 yards and a loss. But was the loss close? That is my point, ladies and gentlemen. Did Dak Prescott have 463 yards and a loss, throwing second, uh, throwing the second most yards to Tony Romo? Uh, and uh, I mean, in, I think in Dallas Cowboy history, yes, he did. But was the game close? Yes, it was. At the end, not at the beginning, but at the end, it was close. They only lost by 10 yard, by by 10 points. And really, there were some calls that prevented the Cowboys from scoring even more points. If I'm honest with you. So did the cow? Why are why are the cow? I'm watching the Cowboys right now. Like two minutes left, they're just running verticals. They're not running the short passes. You know that Greg Williams is blitzing, and they just. I mean, I just watched Tavon Austin and Blake Jarwin run freaking verticals and not comeback routes. Like you know, like why are you trying to go for it all on first down? Like Gallup's on one side, Zeke's running out in the flat. Tavon and Jarwin are just running verticals, and I'm like. What? I don't get it. But um, even with a weird passing scheme, Dak Prescott is still 1,884 yards, which is 400 yards more than Carson and 100 more yards than Jared Goff. But you look at their completion percentage, right? Because you gotta you gotta take into account their completion percentage, right? We're gonna break it down. Mahomes has 63 percent. Is at 63%. Watson is at 69. Dak is at 69. In fact, they're both at 69.7%, Watson and Prescott, right? But then you look at Goff and Wentz. Goff is at 62. Wentz is at 61. And really, the only reason why he's at 61 is that he has a 70% completion percentage against Washington, and a 65% completion percentage against the Vikings. Realistically, he probably should have somewhere less than uh, less than uh, less than 60%. Maybe even hovering literally like 60%, not 61%. So if you don't know like quarterbacks in the NFL, they're they're like average statistics. Average is 60%. Doing good is 62%. Right. So if you're above 62%, you're doing good. If you're below 62%, you're, you're like somewhere between good and average, right? But if you're below 60%, you're below average, obviously. And Wentz and Goff have below, well, actually Goff is 62.2%, but Wentz is 61%. So Goff is doing good, Wentz is below good. He's almost average, right? Then you go 
to like the nail in the coffin. Touchdown and interception ratios. Dak is 11 of 6. So he's about 2 to 1. He's thrown a lot of interceptions. A lot of interceptions, by the way, weren't his fault. The Green Bay Packers game, like two of them weren't his fault. Amari Cooper and the refs screwed him over on that one. One was his. So he should be like 11 to 5. I think even the, uh, I don't know about the Saints. I think Dak just threw it in a bad coverage that game. So he should have five interceptions. Definitely 12 touchdowns. They took one touchdown away from him. The officials didn't even know they could do that, did you? Jason Garrett didn't even throw out his fucking flag because he knew it, was, it wasn't it was going to be called on the field correctly. Mahomes is 14-1. and one. Uh, Watson is 12-3. and three. Wentz is 12-3. and three, So that's really, really good for Wentz. But his yardage and his completion percentage scream otherwise, especially his win-loss record of being 3-3. Three and three. But also, Goff is 7-7. Seven and seven, So he has a 1-1 to one touchdown and interception ratio. With Sean McVay, by the way. And everyone keeps on telling me, well, Sean McVay is figured out, has been figured out. Sean McVay has been figured out. And it's like, nope, Jared Goff has. Because he has Jesus H. Christ, everything. Everything. He has Todd Gurley. I get it. Gurley was injured. But let's just check the Rams running backs. Malcolm Brown, 11 for 40. Daryl Henderson, 6 for 39. So your guys run 79 yards. One guy has 6.5, another guy's 3.6. The running game isn't that strong, but I get it. But it, it's the it's the age old excuse that everybody likes to use with Dak. It's like, listen, if you know if you're that quarterback, you have to, you have to, you have to, have to, have to win it. You have to win the games, no matter what. So I'm I'm using that same weak, tired argument for Jared Goff because everybody likes to use it for Dak Prescott. Listen, if you have to, if if you're one of these 30 plus million dollar quarterbacks, you have to beat the 49ers. Want to know why? They're an individual rival and they're first place. If you want to make it to the playoffs, you have to beat the 49ers. The uh, The Rams are three and three. So, and I don't hear anyone talking about the Rams, how, the, how they're talking about the Cowboys. Like everybody's like the Rams or, or the Cowboys aren't making it to the playoffs. Um, excuse me, the Rams lost to the Browns and the Buccaneers. No, they beat the Browns. Oh my God, what am I saying? They almost lost to the Browns, but they lost to the Buccaneers. 55 to 40. That was Jared Goff's best game. A little bit of Romo in him as well. Want to check out his stats? He had 517 yards. Yeah, 517 yards, three interceptions, two two touchdowns, 45 of 68. Everybody was like, well, he almost threw for 70 yards because he had no run game. Not 70 yards, excuse me. He, he threw almost 70 times. He had... 68 uh, attempts. Well, isn't that what your 100 and something plus million dollar quarterback should be able to do? See how fun and lazy it is to be able to use that excuse like over and over and over and over and over again. I just get to say, well, isn't that what your 100 and something million dollar quarterback should be able to do? Shouldn't he be able to win the tough games? I now understand why people love to use that same excuse for Dak Prescott because it's so lazy and so... Uh, uninspired and so uninsightful. There's very, very rarely any context to it. Well, the, you know, he, he should have won it because he's a hundred and something million dollar quarterback. Ugh. That's a lot of fun. Just to be as lazy as anyone can be. My point being is that the guys that everybody told me that you got to pay, they're performing 
less than the guys that are probably going to get paid in the offseason, Mahomes, Prescott, and Watson. And going into the future, if you ask me, if you said to me, 24, what are the quarterbacks that you are most excited to see in the NFL? And I saw Kyler Murray, I saw uh, the highlights of his game on Sunday, and I also saw him being mic'd up. And Larry Fitzgerald, when Larry Fitzgerald loves you as a football player, you know you're doing something absolutely positively correct. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. When David Johnson, what, what are what are his stats right now? When David Johnson, a guy who kind of uh, a couple of years ago was regarded as one of the best running backs in the league, now has 3.9 yards a carry. Now his game is getting stepped up because of Murray. When now you have all of the, I'm trying, like you have all of these young quarterbacks, man. A lot of people they are not paying attention. To what they need to pay attention to. Everybody's like, you know what? Let's focus on the quarterbacks who don't matter whatsoever. Right? Let me take a, a swig of my water before I continue. Hold on. Like, when I look at a lot of these teams, a lot of the young quarterbacks, you want to know who I, you know, you want to know who I look at as like, Oh my goodness, these are the dudes that are going to change the game. These are the guys that are going to that are going to propel the NFL forward. Like when when you think about after the Brady era ends, you think about uh not just about Tom Brady, but all the quarterbacks that played with and against Tom Brady. You know, uh Manning, uh uh Breeze, Rodgers, Roethlisberger, Rivers, even Andrew Luck to an extent. When you think about all these guys, all those guys that played with him and against him, you start to think to yourself, well, what what can be better? Excuse me. What can be better than those guys? Who's better than those guys? We're talking all time, all time. Top five at their at their position. You know, the pantheon of greats. Maybe not top five, but top ten at least. You know, where, where exactly are you going to put uh, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, and um, and Manning? Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, Manning, like four quarterbacks. Where are you going to put them in the top ten? Dan Marino? Other guys? I, I, I always have an issue with Dan Marino and someone else. He's a Dolphins quarterback. I, I I constantly I constantly get their names mixed up. Sorry. Uh, ah, frick! It's ah, uh, damn it! It's the it's the co it's the it's the it's the San Francisco great freaking. I I cannot believe. I can I always I always mix up Dan Marino, and uh, frick man and like the quarterback for the um. For the 49ers, that was before Steve Young. He he has four Super Bowls. I can't. It, it was before he was. I cannot freaking remember his name for some weird reason. Or not. It's not that I can't remember. It's that I always. It's Joe Montana. Like I knew I was gonna wreck it. I knew I was gonna sound like an absolute moron when I remembered it. I was like, I always get Joe Montana and Dan Marino just so confused because 
they they have the same pedigree as as like the greatest football player of all time potentially right so it's easy to get the two confused and they played almost in the like the same era like I, I just get the two confused I apologize but Dan Marino Joe Montana uh, Brady Breeze Rogers uh, Manning like how are you gonna like how how do you go from that era? From that era to a new era. Well, let me give you some names. Let me sorry for just the stuttering, but let me give you some of the names of the guys that I think are going to be around the league for the next ten years. Let me let me give you some names. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, Deshaun Watson. Do I think Jacoby Brissett is going to be a guy that's going to last for a long time in the NFL? Yeah, I do. I do. I really, really do. I really, really like Jacoby Brissett as a football player. He's really, really underrated, and he's he's the type of guy that that trained with Brady, uh, just like Jimmy Garoppolo did. He only was there for a year, but you know he he still has some of that experience that that Jimmy Garoppolo has operating in a Bill Belichickian uh, team, the Patriot way is what they like to call it. I think um, I'm not so sure about Mayfield just yet, but if you ask me, I think Lamar is going to be there for a really, really long time in Baltimore. And Baltimore, they love their defense, man. But now, now, I mean, if you ask me, who's the best quarterback in Baltimore franchise history right now? We'll see about Lamar. But obviously, right now, it's got to be Joe Flacco. But if you ask me, in the next 10, 15, it may be Lamar. He may have a Super Bowl. We'll see. Then you obviously have with the Chiefs, Mahomes. And then, I mean, the AFC East is wide open. You have Darnold. He may be there. Then you got uh, Joss Allen. He also may be there. Maybe even Joss Rosen. We'll see. Going to the NFC. I think I think the NFC East is loaded at quarterback talent. You know, maybe not with Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. But um, you got Dak. You got Wentz. You got Haskins, right? We'll see about Daniel Jones later on. Give him some. I'll give him some slack here because he's he's gonna go up against some pretty difficult teams and he's gonna lose. Like I predicted against Minnesota, I was like, you're gonna lose against Minnesota, but you know, it's like, it's whatever. You're you're like you're you're a rookie. I kind of expected him to. I was like, I don't get the hype. I don't get all this shit that people are talking about Daniel Jones. I'm like, dude, it's you know he like they they were they were the New York Post was all hyping. I'm like, can you guys just freaking dial it back like a ten here? You know, just dial it back a 10. So, I think, we'll see about Daniel Jones. I really do like Dwayne Haskins. I really, um, I'm not so sure about Daniel Jones just yet. I like Dak. Wentz is a talented football player, but talent doesn't necessarily transfer in a one-to-one fashion in the NFL. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. 49ers. We'll see about Garoppolo. But I do like uh, Wilson and I do like Murray. I like those two guys a lot. Packers. I don't know. I don't know if Rodgers is going to still be here when he's forty-five. I don't know. I, I the, the NFC North question mark. How about that? Uh, the same thing with the South question mark. Uh, Matt Ryan. He may be retired. Drew Brees is going to be retired. Cam Newton is probably going to be retired. He's probably going to be out or backup. Winston is probably. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. He's probably going to be a backup as well. But I think a lot of the the names that I just listed off that I think are going to last for a really, really long time, Wilson, Murray, Prescott, Wentz, 
uh, Haskins, Mahomes, Jackson, and Watson, and Brissett. I think all of those guys, you know, you're going to have some strong, strong competition at the quarterback position for the next 10 years. So that's that's kind of my opinion on on the whole, like, you know, on the polarity within the NFL and how much talent there is at the quarterback position in the NFL instead of it just being this absolute cakewalk. So just finished up the Jags, not the Jags, the uh, the Dolphins game Dallas lost. I'm going to rewind it back because I have to upload and do some other stuff as well. But um, I listen, I've said this for the past three weeks. The passing game has easily been the best game of Dallas's whole entire offensive package. So what I've just I've been extremely confused about is why Dallas is not designing schemes for teams that have weak secondaries. Like exploit exploit the secondaries. Like for me, Dak, I think probably should have maybe two touchdowns a game, three hundred plus yards a game for the Dallas Cowboys to go to the playoffs. Um, potentially. You know, and I think that's that's not unreasonable. I think he's gonna have to throw thirty plus times a game, which again I don't think is unreasonable, and I think he can do it. But I think you actually have to design an actual scheme, and you can't just have when shit hits the fan. You can't just say to turn a Dak and be like, "Hey, can you bail us out once again?" This is a very very exploitable secondary with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, we got Orlando freaking Scandrick on the defense, my like I mean, the, the team is exploitable. We can win this game. And you know what actually surprised me about that game? I was reading some of the comments. I like to read comments here and there. But I was reading some of the comments on uh on the NFL on the NFL's uh YouTube page. And the thing that surprised me was how much actual support Dak Prescott had for uh, in that loss. Because usually what people do, what people love to do, is they love to blame Prescott for everything. I was extremely surprised at how much support people actually gave Dak. Sorry for that. Uh, after that game. I was very, very surprised. Let me, um, let me, let me play this. I think it was in like a Dallas Cowboy live stream or something like that. Ima- oh, okay, yeah. No, nobody, nobody was supporting this. Imagine having a quarterback who wants forty million, losing a winless team, and throws no touchdowns. Well, for starters, he doesn't want forty million. How many flags do you want to throw on the last drive? <laughs> Refs, yes. Throwing flags is now part of the NFL's highlight reel. <laughs> That's fun. The score gets, this is another comment, score gets close, rest, time to start calling penalties. Who is more overrated, like for Cleveland, Rams, Dallas? Uh, we'll see about Dallas. But um, yeah, a lot of people post-game were like, yeah, I wasn't on Dak. The game, the loss wasn't on Dak, which I, which I could appreciate as a, uh, as a football fan. And not as a football fan, but as a Prescott fan. And as a Cowboy fan, I'm like, finally, people aren't freaking blaming Dak for everything. But then you get to some of the comments, and they're like, well, imagine a quarterback who wants 50, 40 million, which he, he doesn't want 40 million. Yeesh, man. I'll talk about, uh, I'll talk about some things uh, after I take a quick bath and break. Hold on, let me, let me take my bath and break, and I'll be back in a couple of minutes. Hold on.
So the uh, the uh, the Jaguars made an interesting trade. The uh, the Ravens made an interesting trade, and the Rams they all made interesting trades. Traded draft picks, traded assets, traded players. No one made uh no one no one for the Philadelphia Eagles made a trade. Jalen Ramsey is now traded to the uh, to the Los Angeles Rams, and Marcus Peters just got traded to the Baltimore Ravens. Marcus Peters probably one of the most underrated corners in the league. I don't know what the hell happened last season, uh, and even this season to an extent. But he was he was just he, he didn't shut people down. Akeem Talib was still a really and still by the way a great corner. Um, Marcus, Peters, Marcus Peters wasn't that great, but Jalen Ramsey is now going to the Rams, and he's going to add some spice. He's going to add some flavor, flav to the uh, to the <laughs> to the Rams. Oh, hold on, I'm getting this freaking. I'm getting this Amber Alert on my television. I didn't even know the government could do this. Like, I got one. I was watching uh, Philadelphia versus... Who was I watching? I was watching, like, Philadelphia versus something else. And I'm getting this Amber Alert. I got it on my phone, in fact, as well. Isn't it weird, like, that the government can just freaking do that whenever they want to? And I get it. It's important. But it's like... I mean, I've I've very, very rarely have gotten an Amber Alert. A civil authority has been issued. There's been like, there's been some stuff going on. I was like, bro, I was like, you guys, your Amber Alerts, man, are freaking, like, I, I can't believe how many Amber Alerts I'm getting. I'm, I'm still watching it, by the way. It won't go off my television. Hopefully they find whoever they find, but it's like, a civil authority has been issued a child abduction emergency for the following counties. Effective until 648. Let me, let me freaking, I, I, I wish the shit would stop going so fast. I can't read it that fast. Let me, so, oh, they're doing it six times. Fuck, I can't hear it. It's such just it sounds like an alien is saying it. Hold on. Yeah. It's it's like an automated voice, the Amber. I very I I will say this. In my life, I have very, very rarely gotten like an Amber Alert. When I moved to where I've moved, now like I get, I, I get like one of these like child abduction Amber. And I've lived in like Austin. I've lived like all over the place. Right? I've lived in like some really, really heavily populated cities. But when it gets to like, <laughs> when it's like this place, they're like, I and I, I don't, I don't know the rates of child abduction, but I assume they're pretty low. But even then, it's like I've never seen a city be like or a, a location be like, yeah, we're just going to send out an Amber Alert every single time a kid gets abducted. Not to say that that's like a bad thing that you don't worry about the community, but it's like I've I've never seen so much concern over over an abduction. Usually it's like a poster or something or like on a milk carton, but I've, I've never seen this. So 
uh, going back to what I was saying after I got distracted by that huge Amber Alert. Um, the uh, the Rams, they got Ramsey. <laughs> the Rams got Ramsey. Uh, the Ravens got Peters. And the Eagles got nobody. So I guess the season is over for Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. I said this at the beginning of the podcast. I'll say it currently. If, you, if Mahomes can win a lot of games without a secondary... And you're telling me this dude, Carson Wentz, is the next Mahomes. He should be able to do the thing. He should be able to do the exact same thing, right? It's a connection. It's the exact same thing. You tie the connection together, boom, same thing, right? It shouldn't be that you're creating excuses artificially to cover up for his deficiencies if he meets that criteria that you're setting. I'm following their standards. My standards are every quarterback needs freaking help. Every quarterback, either you need players or you need coaches, and probably you need them both. No quarterback can go out on the football field and operate. Look at how it's turned out for Aaron Rodgers. Look at how it's turned out for Roethlisberger. When he was playing, he was terrible. Let's look at Roethlisberger's stats. I mean, because you can't, you can't take away, you can't take away two of the best players at their respective positions and be like, oh yeah, we're uh, we're going to still operate and we're still going to be a great football player. He had 276 yards to uh, 75 yards when he was playing. And I think against the Seahawks, he had to be out of the game. He had to like be, you know, like he had to come out of the game, right? So I, I get it. I get it. Everybody likes the darling Carson Wentz. Everybody likes, everybody has their players. Even I have their players. But it's like, if your criteria doesn't make any sense, like, I, like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get this whole, like, this whole notion of, of like, everybody needs, like, everybody, everybody doesn't need the the best players. They don't need help. They don't need help at all. I, I don't. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I've never subscribed to it. It's like, so a wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., he doesn't need a offensive line. He doesn't need a quarterback. He just catches the ball, right? The offensive line, they don't need a quarterback, wide receivers, and a running back and a tight end. Okay. Like, you, you start to see, like, how ridiculous the position gets when it's like you start to eliminate the players, Right when you start to eliminate positions and you start to eliminate the help, right? Because every every position needs help. What's the point of blocking if you're not doing anything? If you're not running or passing the football, you know what's the point of being a wide receiver if there's nobody to catch and block? And and the same and we can extend that over to every single position. We can extend it over and over and over again. Colin just came out with something interesting. Lincoln Riley maybe. Cowboys next head coach. I'm very, very excited to listen to this. Oh, man. Stephen A even has some stuff about Kyler Murray. We'll see. I'm always happy to agree with it, to disagree as well. By the way, I'm just doing this kind of for fun. Hold on. We'll listen to this for like a couple of minutes because I really don't want to hold you for that much longer. A lot of talk now. Jason Garrett doesn't have a contract. An unlike the story that Jerry 
has offered Dak a new deal. They just haven't agreed on it. He has not offered Jason Garrett a deal. So in Dallas, they're pouncing on it. If they lose Sunday, they're now, you know, a football team that looks like on the out looking in. They have some of the best young talent. So Jerry Jones goes on radio yesterday to make a point of supporting Jason Garrett, his coach, who's now on the hot seat, at least from the media and fans perspective. Okay, would he be sought after? So let's just start with that. He actually would be. The NFL's got six or seven openings every year. And let's be honest, the best available coach on the market that's actually won divisions is Mike McCarthy, and Green Bay may be better without him. Then you got four college coaches whose names are out there, Brian Kelly at uh, Notre Dame, Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, Matt Rule at Baylor, uh, Matt Campbell at uh, Iowa State. Then you got a couple of young coaches. Okay, sorry about that. I'm, I'm going to fast forward. I'm going to try and see where he just talks about Lincoln Riley. Next coach is when he decides to hire him. Maybe this year, it may be two years down the road. It's Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Yeah. And there's two reasons why I think Lincoln Riley is going to accept it when Jerry offers. Now, I'm not saying he's going to offer it now. He, he 100% should offer it now. There's two things happening to think about. Lincoln Riley, first of all, is brilliant. He makes every quarterback work. So- yes, he does. Um, I, I've been literally what Colin is saying right now. I've reiterated constantly on this program, on this podcast. Uh, I've said this about how, I mean, you look at Jalen Hurts in Alabama and how much of a freaking coin flip that, or not even a, a coin flip, but like a Jekyll and Hyde situation it was. He was, he was, uh, I think Dr. Jekyll and then now he's Mr. Hyde. No, it's what, what he's not, I, I don't know the, the proper analogy. He's gone from being the Joker to being freaking Batman, right? He's gone from being the villain to now being the hero in Oklahoma. Just think about these two or three things. Number one, he made Baker Mayfield into a star. Jalen Hurts was benched in Alabama. He's a star. Kyler Murray was a baseball guy over a football guy, made him into a star. Dak Prescott. <laughs> I saw Kyler when he was in high school. I didn't. I, I I knew he was committed to Alabama, not Alabama, A uh, and M. It did not work out because A and M cannot freaking figure out their football freaking pro- program. They can't do jack with it, but they can't figure it out. He goes from from A and M to Oklahoma, which is just ugh. Breaks my heart that he didn't go to UT or I, I want you to UT to win. But Jesus Christ, how are they not recruiting any of their? In state, that's a story for another time. He goes to Oklahoma and he freaking kills it. He's a football player. He's not a baseball player. Jalen Hurts was benched in Alabama. He's a star. Kyler Murray was a baseball guy over a football guy. Made him into a star. Dak Prescott. That'd be a pretty good fit now, yep. wouldn't it? A quarterback yep. who needs another level. Secondly, there's a major burnout factor happening in college football for coaches. It used to be there was a National Letter of Intent Day on February you know, 5th. Now there's two signing dates, meaning college football recruiting is a nonstop job. It used to be you had time off. There were times you didn't recruit. There were big gaps in it. And the feeling was college football life as a coach was better than the NFL life. It was less of a grind. You yep. lived in a small town. You controlled the roster. The media was small market. They weren't banging on you all the time. You got more time off with your wife and kids. It was a great life. It's not as great a life as it used to be. Now they've got two signing days, and it's burning out these coaches. Brian Kelly has told people, I can't do this very long. The third factor is Lincoln Riley's had four quarterbacks by next year in four years. This wacky transfer portal thing empowers the kid. I get it. I'm for it. But it has made the quarterback position 
If daddy's not happy and you're not starting, kids are out. It is a nonstop psychoanalyzing therapy sessions for these top college coach because you have to recruit two quarterbacks a year in case one gets hurt. And immediately one of them's like, well, I'm not going to start. Dad, I don't like it here. Boom, I'm out. So, and it, you know, it empowers the player and I don't blame the player. But these are the... All right, he's, he's going on a nice soliloquy. I'll fast forward. And Riley is very much Jimmy Johnson. You know, everybody knew Jimmy Johnson. Oh, wait, my bad. He won a Super Bowl. So Jerry's reality is these college guys work. Jerry played college football. He watches college football. He loves college football. You'll see Jerry on a Saturday at a college football game. So he has a real connection to college football. Lincoln Riley is very much Jimmy Johnson. You know, everybody knew Jimmy Johnson was going to work in the NFL when he was in college. You could just sense it. He was a great personnel guy. Everybody knows Lincoln Riley's going to work in the NFL. Like that, that, that's, He's not as quirky as Chip Kelly, whereas you yeah. know, his genius will transfer to the NFL. Uh, and I think there's a bunch of things working here. Cowboys need a coach who can get more out of Dak. Uh, there's a burnout happening with college football coaches and all this recruiting now in the NCAA transfer portal. You are, it is a dance constantly trying to appease your quarterbacks in college football. I think a better reason that is going to come to Dallas. Hold on. Let me find the reason. It's it's a very, very important reason. It's on, it's on a... It's on the tip of my tongue. Hold on. Let me let me try and Google it. Hold on. Come on. Watching a freaking advertisement. Come on, man. Come on. Just skip it. Hurry up. It's a 15-second advertisement. I have to watch it. Here we go. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. This is why Lincoln Riley's coming to Dallas. <laughs> right? That's why he's coming to Dallas. He's he's coming to Dallas. He's earning six point five million per year annually at Oklahoma. I think what Jerry should and will do is offer him a bigger paycheck for uh for coming to Dallas. It's like otherwise, why would you leave a situation in uh, in Oklahoma, and the reason why, by the way, he uh, Colin thinks that Lincoln Riley isn't going to um, is going to leave is because of like the quarterback change. That's not happening in Oklahoma. What's happening in Oklahoma is that they just recruited this guy named Tyler Rattler. Yeah, that's literally his name, I think, or Tyler. It's Rattler something. Like it's he sounds like freaking a gun or something like that. His last name is like Rattler, like Rattenoff. I don't, I don't know. But they recruited this dude. He's a freshman. He's literally playing behind Jalen Hurts. That's literally your three-year starter for the next three years. So, and he's like one of the best high school recruits in the in the like in the country, right? So we're talking. It you're, it's a pretty it's a pretty hard sell if if you're going if you're trying to be like you know what I'm just gonna try and get this guy Lincoln Riley and say hey you want to come coach here? It's like you gotta offer. Uh, excuse me, you're going to have to offer him something special because he has Tyler Rattler, uh, one of the best high school quarterbacks, uh, you know, in, in the country or was one of the high, best high school quarterbacks in the country last year coming off the bench, playing at the end of games that Jalen Hurts just blows out. And now, you know, you got to compete with the Oklahoma job where he has full control and this job where he has none. 
besides calling the plays. So, so I think it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think Jerry's got his guy. I, yeah, I, I I think I think it's I think it's going to happen. It should happen this year. So this is um, this is Kyler Murray is a miniature dynamo. When okay, no, that, that's a bunch of adjectives. I'm not gonna talk about that YouTube video. Yeah, but literally what Colin Cowherd was just talking about for the past like five to ten minutes, probably the the last five minutes is literally what I've been reiterating for the past week to two weeks. Um, that this dude, maybe even three weeks, this dude, Lincoln Riley, yeah, probably three weeks ever since the New Orleans loss. This dude, Lincoln Riley, is easily one of the best young head coaches in uh, in the league. He's easily one of the best uh, college quarter uh, college coaches in the league. I mean, he he just makes quarterbacks better. And the laundry list of quarterbacks that he just rattled off, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, and now Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was, again, a backup. He was benched for Tua Tagovailoa. And now, you know, it, it may come to a head of Tua and Jalen in the college football playoffs. You know, former teammates, now current rivals, you know, for the Heisman Trophy. So we'll see about, we'll see who's who's going to last, who's going to win, who's going to not win. I hope he comes. I hope he comes back to Texas, and he's from Lubbock, Texas, by the way. So we'll see about all that stuff. Checkout time. Hold on. Wait. Checkout time, baby. This has been Twenty Force Podcast. Available where you can find any podcast. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker Overcast, Podcast, Radio Podcast. Pretty much where you can find any podcast. You can find 24's podcast. I'll be back tonight. It's 4 o'clock in the morning for 11. I couldn't sleep. I said to myself, get your ass up. Stop playing Apex fucking Legends. Freaking record this damn podcast. I'll be back 7 o'clock tonight. Till then, I hope you have a fantastic day. I'll see you next time.